Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome to Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys, or, well, how about the Protecting Money Guys? The Protectors. Will oh, do. the Protectors. Just the Protectors. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, uh, Ray. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. This is Ray. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Peter's looking a little bit more tired today, I would say, Phil, wouldn't you? I'd say the baby is feeding on schedule every four hours then, huh? Um, what, and six weeks old now, roughly, mm-hmm. right? God bless her. Uh, seven weeks now. Seven weeks. <laughs> seven. Almost eight. My, the time goes longer as we're having fun. <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, good morning, ladies good morning. and gentlemen. We're going to talk this morning about long-term care. What does it cost to spend uh, a year in a nursing home in our area? The numbers are staggering. We have a special guest with us this morning that we'll introduce in a moment who's uh, I'm going to say a specialist. I guess we can't use the word expert mm-hmm. uh, anymore. We have to be very cautious about that. Right. But we have with us this morning Mr. Philip Druin. So we have two Phils here this morning. Phil is from Marshfield, Massachusetts. He does a lot of work with a company called Sentinel Financial Group. Um, also a strong affiliation with John Hancock. Mm-hmm. And John Hancock is very big in the long-term care insurance business. Phil is very active in his community. Uh, He's been a life and qualified member of the Million Dollar Roundtable, which is insurance professionals or very high producers. You bet. He's been in this financial business his entire life. He's been the president of the Marshfield Chamber of Commerce. He's been actively involved in the First Congregational Church in Marshfield. And he's very active in the Masonic fraternity, as, wow. as I have been also. Absolutely. And I think that's probably how I first met Phil, was through the Masons. Yeah. So um, let me say a quick welcome to you, Phil. Thank you for being with us this morning. Good to be here, Ray. And before we get into our topic, um, I have a few short quotations, very short. And um, one is from um, one of my favorite people, who is uh, Benjamin Franklin. All would live long, but none would be old. All would live long, but none would be old. In other words, we hope we're going to live a long time, but we don't want to be old. You know, I can remember even when my mother was with us, when she was even 75 and 77 years old, she would say, I don't want to get down there with that group because I don't want to be with all those old people. (laughs) So we all have a different perception in our minds, don't we, of what our real age is. And that somewhat relates to our topic this morning. Mm -hmm. So I want to bring you back to somebody who is really old. In fact, he's no longer with us. He's a famous Greek philosopher. Oh, he's ancient. (laughs) And see if you can figure out who this might have been, Phil. No, we're not talking about you. We're talking about ancient Greek philosophers. (laughs) So let's start out uh, by seeing if you can identify this quotation. Mm -hmm. There are two things a person should never be angry at what they can help, and what they cannot. Oh, that sounds like, I would say, Plato? That was Plato. You get a gold star in your forehead this morning. Oh, Phil. my goodness. Sounds like Plato, and it is. <laughs> well, you're, you're batting about 80% so far, so I, you're doing really well. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's come back and talk about our topic. Uh, one of the most important concerns, I think, that people have is that 
nobody ever wants to be in a nursing home. Uh, if I asked you that question, Phil, and I said, would you like to be in a nursing home someday, what would your answer be? Well, I'd much rather stay in my own home where I'm comfortable, my family comes around, obviously. But, you know, sometimes there's a need and sometimes it can't be helped. Well, that's the thing. And sometimes it's necessary. Yes. And the problem today, as we're focused on financial topics, is very simply the cost of a nursing home is enormous. And, um, Peter, you've had some experience with looking at some of the costs. Why don't you describe what it might cost in this area for somebody to stay at Hathaway Manor or Alden Court or Our Lady's Haven, for example? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give specifics for which one costs uh, which, but basically in this area, it's it's above the national average uh, for nursing home care. And in this area, you're looking at an average uh, cost of about $130,000 a year. Uh, that's uh, you know $365 per day. So $130,000 plus per year uh, is the average in this area, which is above the national average. But the national average is uh, you know pretty high as well. So I mean, how many people make $130,000 a year? Uh, never mind have to uh, pay that out for a nursing home care. Or, or have that much money in savings that they want to spend out. Now, these are not made-up numbers. I want to mention that we had somebody in our office get these numbers just a couple of days ago. Uh, the daily cost at one location is $365 per day, which is $10,950 per month or $131,400 a year. This is real. And, and the chances that somebody's going to end up in a nursing home are quite high. And some of these places even require 30 days worth of payment in advance. So even if somebody goes to a nursing home for a week or two, uh, they might require a whole month's worth of, uh, you know, advance payment, which, you know, $10,000 or more uh, you're looking at. So it is extremely expensive. One of the things that uh, Peter and I have been able to do, Phil, over the years is uh, we frequently identify clients who have a need for long-term care insurance, who wish to get information about long-term care insurance. One of the ways that we can protect against the cost of a nursing home is to purchase long-term care insurance. And um, we're fortunate this morning to have Phil Druin here with us, the other Phil. We're going to call you the other Phil this morning, Phil. I've been called worse, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Phil Paleologos, I'd like to tell you that my good friend Phil Druin does a great deal of work in the area of long-term care insurance. We've used uh, Phil for many years. We've worked closely with him and worked on cases together. And uh, he's an excellent professional to work with in this area. So I've already given you a little bit of background information about Phil. And not only is he a very well-qualified financial and insurance professional and a great resource for our office, for Peter and for me, Phil is also a very avid history buff. Uh And I'm not sure if it's okay to say this, Phil, but I would say that he's actually an expert on Civil War history. I've heard some lectures that he's done before, and that's really a passion in your life, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, it is. I wouldn't necessarily call myself an expert. Just a, a student, I think, would be better fitted. Probably mm-hmm. a lifelong student of history, <laughs> but he knows a great deal about history. What caused this passion? With the Civil War, uh, I was raised in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, 
actually the first uh, one of the first battles of the Civil War was in Baltimore, Maryland, and so uh, uh, was used to all the Revolutionary War uh, stories going on around here. So I just researched my own background, and uh, I have a great great grandfather I think that was in the Grand Army of the Republic. I also had uh, the other family, uh, other my mother's family uh, worked in the uh, on the Civil War, on the Confederate side. Wow. Do you know uh, Ray and Phil and Pete? Uh, just the other day, I was honored to welcome Steve Vogel, who's a Washington Post national reporter on uh, military mostly, Pulitzer Prize winner who just wrote a book about what you're talking about, Phil, uh, titled uh, Through the Perilous Fight. Hmm. I recommend it. And it's just about what you touched upon. I have a quick question, not to digress too much from our topic today, but is that where Fort McHenry was? That's right. That's right. It's out in there. Baltimore, but yeah. that's War of 1812. That's 1812 okay. when he wrote the uh, Star Spangled Star Spangle Banner. Right. Uh, Francis Scott Key, Francis the, Scott Key, the right. attorney. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize there was that much history in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We think, of course, we live in Massachusetts right. and we think, well, all the history is here, but it's not necessarily. Right, right. Mm. Well, what is your historical interest besides the Civil War, Phil? Uh, a little on World War II because my dad was uh, active in World War II, mm. fought in the Pacific. Okay. What branch of the service was he in? He was in the Navy. He was on the aircraft carrier, the Essex. Hmm. Don't you wonder sometimes if our fathers might have met somewhere along the way? My dad was in the Marines and in the Pacific in World War II. Wow. Well, fortunately, we didn't have to do those things. So let's come back and talk about long-term care insurance. And what are some of the ways that you can pay for a nursing home if somebody in your family, whether it's you or a spouse or a parent, has to go to a nursing home? How do you pay for it? If you have a lot of money in savings and you want to pay money out of pocket, you can do that. You can cash in your investments if you have any and pay that way. You won't qualify for Medicaid, which is for nursing home care, long-term care, unless you have impoverished yourself and I won't go into a lot of detail about that. That's uh, more my wife's department in uh, doing Medicaid planning. But in general, a single person in a nursing home is only allowed to have $2,000 worth of assets. So unfortunately, it's a fact of life that if somebody goes to a nursing home, if they haven't done planning, and more importantly, pre-planning, they can totally lose all of their assets. They can spend everything down to $2,000. They can lose their house. They can have a lien placed on their house. And one of the important solutions um, is having long-term care insurance. And as we begin this, I want to mention that uh, Tenny, my wife, has a long-term care insurance policy with John Hancock. Phil Druin, who's here with us today, actually wrote that policy. I have some uh, issues in my, my bones that won't allow me to have it. <laughs> But let's jump right in and talk about long-term care insurance. What is long-term care insurance, Phil? Well, actually, long-term care is the care that you or someone in your family might need if you no longer could take care of yourself, either due to a physical or a cognitive impairment. Most people equate that with nursing homes. But there's, there's much more to long-term care than just nursing home care. It could be home health care. It could be uh, adult day care assisted living facilities, or a respite care, which is when your primary caregiver goes on vacation. 
Okay, so um, when you say cognitive impairment, that's basically if you have mental issues like dementia or Alzheimer's or something of that nature. Correct. Well, when you talk about long-term care in general, there's activities of daily living. And activities of daily living are basically the six things you do from the time you get up in the morning till the time you go out the door. Eating, dressing, toileting, maintaining continence, transferring from bed to chair, and bathing. If you can't do two out of six of those, or if, should you require any assistance with two out of six of those activities of daily living, you'll be eligible for long-term care assistance. Because you have severe arthritis, you're unable to dress or bathe yourself without, without assistance, you could be eligible for benefits. Your doctor develops a plan of care that states that you may require assistance with two X two of six uh, listed activities of daily living for at least 90 days. So, for example, when we talk about activities of daily living, those are the normal kinds of things that we do every day without even thinking. We get up in the morning, we can climb out of bed, we can go bathe ourselves, we go and use the toilet by ourselves, we can feed ourselves. But sometimes, whether it's because of disability or declining age or some other medical issue, people will sometimes reach a point when they can't do all of those activities. That's right. And we call those things uh, sometimes, don't we, uh, triggers, because if you had a policy of long-term care insurance, it might trigger the payment of benefits under a long-term care policy, right? Right. But long-term care insurance, I guess, can be used also to keep you in your own house. It doesn't have to mean that if you have long-term care insurance, it's only going to be used for care in a nursing home. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. So if you couldn't do, say, two or three of these activities of daily living and you had a policy of long-term care insurance, then you might be able to have somebody come in your house and help take care of you. Right. Okay. The idea is to stay home. That's where people are happier. Sure. Most people would rather stay home. I'd rather be home. Absolutely. Um, and you know, Peter earlier gave the the national averages in in the uh, or gave the local averages. The national averages, according to the John Hancock Cost of Care Survey in 2011, the national average was seventy five thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. And I say the national average because you know a lot of a lot of residents up here end up moving to Florida when they're in their senior years. So even though you're not in this area, it's still not inexpensive. Mm. And so. If you're listening right now and thinking about what does it cost for nursing home care, just, I guess, ask yourself the question, do you know somebody who's in the nursing home or do you have a relative who's in the nursing home? And most people think that it's not going to happen to me. People tend to think about it happening to somebody else. But I guess it's a fairly high percentage of people that might require long-term care in any event. Yep. And um, so let's talk about long-term care. It's, it's a financial issue. It's a personal issue. Um, long-term care might mean that you've got somebody at home uh, that requires care, but it can also be uh, in a facility. What about an assisted living facility? Um, some people say, well, I'd rather be in an assisted living facility and not have to go to a nursing home because I can be more independent that way. But does long-term care insurance typically cover somebody who's in assisted living or just in a nursing home? It does qualify for assisted living, but the real trigger, as you say, is those two out of six activities of daily living. That's what determines a benefit. It's not where you are so much as those two out of six activities of daily living. Okay. And my particular example, by the way, um, Phil Paleologus, is that I have some arthritis in my feet and my ankles. Sure. And so that actually prevents mm -hmm. me from getting long-term care insurance because that's 
an ailment that potentially could become debilitating. Right. So it would exclude me from having long-term care insurance. Phil, how does somebody qualify for long-term care insurance medically? Is it the same thing as life insurance, or are there different considerations when you want to uh, get long-term care insurance? Well, it uh, depends on your age. Uh, sometimes what they would do is say, you, you take an application first. You know, you, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to find out if the person is eligible. When, you, when you're talking about long-term care insurance, there's not only a health uh, need. There's also a financial need. I mean, sure. if somebody doesn't have assets, they probably shouldn't have long-term care to begin with. But uh, I mean, the, the question that we could talk about, Ray, is you know, really, who who do people think pays for long-term care? Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to afford it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, some people think that private uh, company health insurance pays for it. Some people think Medicare pays, Medicaid. Let's take those one at a time. Sure. Um, if you have health insurance, that does not cover your stay in a nursing home. Is that correct? Normally covers our private and company health insurance normally covers only those costs associated with acute care, not costs related to long-term care. Okay, so acute care is um, maybe skilled care in a nursing home, or perhaps right after surgery or something of that nature, you might have to do some rehabilitation in a nursing home. Right, and and of course we're not going to get into the whole subject of what Medicare covers. Medicare is different from Medicaid. Uh, and um, and some people think that you know that will pay for uh, nursing home care, which isn't true. Uh, Medic- uh, Medicare might pay if you were receiving home health care. Only part-time skilled nursing care would be covered, or custodial homemaker services that are provided inci- inc- incidental, excuse me, to the home health care. Right, and and you know a lot of people think that they might. You know, go to a nursing home. Uh, well, most people, quite frankly, think that they're never going to go to a nursing home. But the uh, the reality is, is is that a lot of people will. And as I said earlier, you know, you, you might think that you're going to go there possibly just after surgery for a couple of days or a week or, you know, just for some rehab. Uh, but uh, most people who go to a nursing home end up staying there uh, much longer than expected. And as Phil uh, Druin, not uh, Phil Paleologos, but Phil Druin <clears throat> was saying that it really depends on, on your age and uh, some of the, uh, the health questions on an application right. as to whether you qualify or not. But generally, uh, as with everything else, uh, the earlier and that you do something and the younger that you are, the less expensive it's going to be. I just want to make sure that I, I make myself clear on Medicare. Sure. Medicare and any type of health insurance generally pays for only skilled care in a skilled nursing facility. Medicare, right. All right. This is one problem with long-term care. No conventional health insurance plan or Medicare pays for custodial care. Right. Yeah. Health insurance does not cover custodial care ever. (laughs) Using an example, you fall and break your hip. Spend a few days in the hospital, then require additional care in a nursing home. While in a nursing home, you have physical therapy daily to restore your prior health. You need to meet the three-day prior hospital day and enter the facility within 30 days of leaving the hospital. Let me, let me just interrupt and ask you what that means. So to qualify for Medicare assistance in a nursing home, typically you have to have been in the hospital for three nights as a minimum. Is that correct? That's correct. And then when you go to the nursing home, you need to have a need for skilled care, not just custodial care. That's correct. And the problem is that most people going into a nursing home are there for custodial care. Right. And therefore, they're not going to qualify for Medicare. Right. 
necessarily. And if, you, if you meet those requirements, Medicare will cover the first 20 days in full, right? All but the annual deductible for the next 80 days after that first 20. So it's a it's a if you do qualify for Medicare assistance in the nursing home, you have to have been in the hospital for three nights, go directly to the nursing home from the hospital. And then if you qualify for skilled care, you need skilled care, Medicare will pay the first 20 days in full and then only a portion of the next 80 days. And if care continues beyond the 100 days, there's no coverage for that benefit period. And Medicare supplements will only cover Medicare-approved expenses. So basically, Medicare is not a program that people can really rely on as a source uh, for doing this. We're going to continue with this uh, very important topic of how do you pay for uh, long-term care and what about long-term care insurance and what does that cover and why should people think about getting that. Um, I do want to remind our listeners, Phil, that uh, this program is being brought to you by myself, Ray Lance, and Peter Lance from USA Wealth Group. We're located in Dartmouth. Why don't you provide our address and phone number, Phil? And our goal is very simple. We want to show people how to mm-hmm. protect your money, and we want to show people how to protect your family. Absolutely. And, folks, you can not only trust our protectors here, but I put full trust in them myself. So please do give them a call. The number is 508-998-8858. That's 508 508- Good, and uh, we'll take a short break, and then we will be right back and continue with Phil Druin and talk about long-term care insurance. Our dear friends, welcome back to the Money Wise Radio Show with The Protectors. The Money Guys, Ray and, and Peter Lance. Welcome back again, Phil. You betcha. We're talking about long-term care and long-term care insurance. And a lot of people think, well, long-term care insurance is expensive, but it might be the most important expenditure that you make to protect your home. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about whether you can protect your house and how you can protect your house with long-term care insurance in Massachusetts. So let's come back again and just quickly recap on the Medicare rules. People think that, gosh, Medicare is going to pay for my care in a nursing home facility if I have to go there. That's not necessarily the case. You have to have been in the hospital for three nights first. You have to transfer directly from the hospital into the nursing home. And then when you reach the nursing home, you have to be in need of skilled care or acute care. If you're there just for custodial care reasons, you're not going to receive Medicare assistance. Mm -hmm. And if you meet the requirements, then the first 20 days can be paid in full uh, by the Medicare program. In the next 80 days, they will pay a portion of it. So those are fairly tough rules, and a lot of people don't qualify for Medicare. Mm -hmm. If you don't meet those requirements, then essentially you're a private pay patient. We've already talked about how expensive that is to pay privately, and it can cost people to really spend down a lot of their money. So the recommendation is, number one, get some advice ahead of time, and next, uh, certainly talk to us, and we'll refer you to Phil or talk directly to Phil. And Phil, how could somebody reach you if they want to get more direct information on long-term care insurance? What number can they call you at, for example? 781-837-2000. 
800-999-9921, extension 4126. Okay, I'm going to have you write that down because I'm not going to remember that. And I want to repeat, repeat it one up. more time. 781-837-9921. My extension is 4126. Mm-hmm. Great. And we'll try to repeat that again. So if anybody sure. is interested in learning more, uh, do you have information that if somebody wanted uh, to learn more, you'd be able to send them some information about long-term care insurance? Sure. Good. And... Um, it is, it is a topic that should concern everybody because most people are anxious to protect, above all, their house. And if you have certain kinds of long-term care insurance, we can do that. Medicaid is a government-sponsored program also that will pay for long-term care in a nursing home. And the problem is it's really intended for people with very little income. And you have to, first of all, spend down your assets to a very low level, $2,000 essentially. And um, so it's tough to qualify for Medicaid unless you impoverish yourself, unless you pay everything down. When people are asked uh, often, Phil, about how to pay for long-term care insurance, um, I guess some people say they would use their savings accounts. 75% of people say they'd use savings. And some people would be what? 56% of people said they would be willing to sell their homes. And most people don't really want to do that, I would assume. No. 41% said they would be willing to refinance their homes. So how would you like to have somebody in the family go into a nursing home and then have to go out and refinance the house and put a new mortgage on it to pay for the cost of the nursing home? 21% said they would be willing to go into debt. 18% said they would be willing to declare bankruptcy to qualify for government age. And those statistics are provided uh, by Lincoln Financial Group in 2011. Mm. What I always find interesting about these statistics, though, these statistics are given by people who do not ha- are not facing the nursing home situation right uh-huh. away. Sure. Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody thinks it's something that will probably never happen to me. But um, you can self-insure, which is one of the things you can do. If you have a lot of money and you're not concerned about the cost of of uh, paying for a nursing home, then you can self-insure. Most people aren't thrilled about doing that. Or you can spend down the assets, which is what you're required to do before you can even qualify for Medicaid. Or we can um, transfer the risk. We can have long-term care insurance. So what's involved in actually applying for a long-term care insurance policy, Phil? Well, the, f- the first thing you should determine is, do you need it? Okay. I mean, that, that, that's really, I mean, the, the part you talked about earlier, Ray, of pre-planning, mm-hmm. that, that's the most important thing you should do. You should sit down with a prof- professional, um, hopefully somebody that's, that has experience in long-term care, and you should plan if they need it. And there's really three options that people should look at. Okay. Should they fully insure for long-term care? Should they by, by, with their own assets? With, with no, fully insured, meaning should they fully insure by buying a, a, a long-term care policy that okay. would cover all of it? Mm-hmm. Should they self-insure, which is what you were just talking about, right. from their own assets? Or what, in my opinion, a lot of people should to do is partially insure. Mm-hmm. Use some from their assets and some from, from the thing. And, that, and that's a determination that's to be made. And that's a one-by-one analysis, isn't it? Everybody's situation is different. Yeah, yeah everybody's totally different. Now... One of the criticisms I've heard sometimes of long-term care insurance, and I'm really repeating this for the benefit of our listening audience, is that if I put money out for a long-term care insurance and then I never have to go to a nursing home, um, have I just wasted my money? 
or is there something else that I could do that would make sure that I didn't waste my money? I think there are some hybrid products, for example. The first thing I would say to you, there are hybrid products, but the, but the first thing I would say to you, there's, there's a little mistake versus big mistake. And would, okay. you, would you rather have the insurance and not use it, or would you rather not have the insurance and have needed it? Yeah, I've had actually people say to me sometimes, I have long-term care insurance, and I'm spending money to pay for it, and I hope I never have to use those dollars or see them back again because that means you don't have to go to a nursing home. Right. Phil, is this a fair analysis or analogy? Is, is it fair to think about the fact that you have insurance on your house if you own a home, and you do that to protect your house, don't you? I mean, you have fire insurance because yeah. if your house burns down, you want to have insurance to be able to repay that loss. Right. And I guess long-term care insurance might be a little bit like that in some ways, isn't it? Is that fair or is that not? It's somewhat fair. While you're saying that, Ray, what I'm thinking of is all the phone calls I've received at my office who, for people who are looking for alternatives for their family members who it's too late for. Sure. And, and so now, now you're in a position, you either have to reposition assets or uh, your family has to come up with cash. Yeah, if they haven't done any legal work, uh, I mean, they, they should always get in touch with, a, a, you know, do legal work and call mm-hmm. the law attorney. Um, you're, you're better off taking care of those things, you know, two, three, four, five years before you, you ever need that, sure. that type of advice. Yep. Now, that certainly makes good sense. Um, what about success stories, Phil? Have you had situations where you've actually uh, sold a long-term care policy for somebody in a family and then somebody later had to make a claim under that policy? You've been in the business for a while. Yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of people who sell long-term care insurance, and I, I differentiate that people who are in the long-term care business have had a claim. And, and I don't know if you call them success stories because, they, 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 you know, you're dealing with people who are in a, a very bad situation. In family but, lives, sure. But you do feel good that you, you've helped somebody when they've needed it. Um, I worked for another business before I came into this business 30 years ago. And um, the, the lady that hired me in that first job bought a long-term care policy. And what was funny was her husband – griped and moaned about buying the bond, paying the premiums, because that's what everybody thinks of. They think of paying the premiums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She needed the policy, and um, that was that was particularly good for my heart because I so helped somebody had who helped claim. me in life. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is a good story. I, I've uh, you know, had similar success stories. Uh, I haven't done the kind of work that you've done with long-term care insurance, but I've had that kind of good feeling when We've done a life insurance policy for somebody, and then the husband died unexpectedly, prematurely with ALS. No way you could have predicted it, and he died before the age of 60. And they had a $1 million insurance policy we had arranged, and the wife was so grateful that we had put that into place for the husband. So, no, I mean, on the one hand, you don't like to think that it's a success story because somebody's had to make a claim because it means there's a – there's a human tragedy behind it as well. Right, right. On the other hand, the right financial decision was made that will help the family and those who stay behind. Right. So those are good things. Um, so long-term care insurance will actually help your uh, protect your retirement savings because somebody doesn't have to deplete their retirement account if they go to a nursing home and they've got a long-term care insurance uh, policy to pay for it. Uh, can help actually keep somebody at home for a longer period of time. 
So as we talked about earlier in the show, it's not just about paying for the nursing home. It's also available to use to help keep somebody out of the nursing home in the first place because you can trigger those uh, activities of daily living, and that allows somebody to stay home and have someone come in the home and take care of them. So it, it helps keep somebody independent for a longer period of time. Now, um, let's talk about uh, tax deductibility and some potential pros and cons. Can uh, premiums for uh, long-term care insurance be tax deductible? Ray, I have to be very honest. I'm not a tax professional, so I'll lay that right out to everybody. So my first thing would be to deal with your tax advisor on that situation. Okay. But there could be a circumstance where a part of that premium could be deductible. Okay. And it would be under the category of health insurance. All right. We won't go there because uh, one of the things we have to be careful about is that uh, Phil is uh, securities licensed. And and he has to be very careful of the kinds of representations that right. he makes on the air sure. uh, today. Um, but long-term care insurance can also offer inflation protection. Um, as we said already, it can pay for home care or skilled care. Basically, it gives a, a person many more choices in terms of how they can take care of themselves or a family member. In the right, in the right instances, it offers peace of mind. Mm-hmm to you and your family. And, w- and what I have found out, Ray, is that um, usually that's a time when you do get to meet the family. A lot of people make those early financial decisions. They make the purchase of in- insurance on their own. But I would, I would tell you as you approach your retirement years and you're talking about assets that you're going to turn over to your family, that these decisions sh- should be discussed with, with children and they need to be brought in because when you are claiming, if, if you have cognitive impairment on a long-term care, you're not going to be making the phone call for a claim. It's mm-hmm. going to be a relative. Yep, that's a very good point. We encourage uh, people to come in with family members as well. When Peter and I sit down and review somebody's financial assets and and look at their intake forms and so forth, whenever we see that somebody has long-term care insurance listed, we always congratulate them and compliment them on having the foresight to do that. Phil, there's a very important thing in Massachusetts. Um, If somebody in Massachusetts has to go to a nursing home and if they apply for Medicaid assistance, Uh, And as you know, uh, my wife, Tenny, attorney Tenny Lance, does a lot of Medicaid planning. One of the things that the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is able to do is to put a lien against somebody's house. And effectively, it's like having a mortgage on your house, and eventually uh, that lien would have to get repaid. But if somebody has done the responsible thing to take out long-term care insurance, depending upon the amount of insurance they get, Uh, the state is absolutely not allowed to place a lien on the house. And it's $125 a day minimum for a two-year period. So the bottom line, uh, Phil Paleologus, is this. If you take out a long-term care insurance for the minimum amount, which is $125 a day of coverage for a two-year coverage period, and that is in place at the time the person goes into the nursing home, the state takes the position that you've done something to try to help pay part of the cost of your care in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I add something sure. to that, Ray? I just want to make sure that's clarified because it's kind of a tricky point. Yep. But it's a 125-day nursing home benefit. 
Right. It has to be a nursing home benefit at the time of purchase. Right. And that's a good technical point and very important to mention. And um, uh, thank you for that particular clarification. If you utilize part of that two-year policy benefit for at-home care before you go into the nursing home, then when you go into the nursing home, you don't have the full two years available, and that won't help you. So you need to make sure it's for a nursing home benefit, that you don't touch it until the person goes to the nursing home. But if you do that, the state, by regulation, cannot place a lien against the person's house. You can save your house. You can protect your house. Mm -hmm. So if protecting the house is a major concern, which I think it is for most people, either get a full long-term care policy, which would include at-home benefits, or if you don't want to spend the money for that, then at least get this minimal policy so you can protect your house. And we've advocated that for a long, long time. Um, Let's talk about um, triggering the benefits um, again, Phil. Okay. Um, So somebody often will see someone who will have a fall or surgery and they go to a nursing home for rehabilitation. But quite often the surgery or the fall, whatever the traumatic event is, causes that person to degrade uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and so forth. And they often will end up becoming a permanent resident in a nursing home. So uh, do we look at the same triggers again for triggering the long-term care insurance benefit? When you buy a long-term care, we talked about the activities of daily living. When you cannot do those two out of six activities of daily living, there is an elimination period. How long can you not do those two out of six activities of daily living before the insurance company will start to pay you a benefit? Now you have options when you buy those insurance policies. Could be 30 days, could be 60 days, could be 90 days. The longer the elimination period, the, the less expensive the policy. These are, these are all options that you have when you look at buying long-term care insurance. Mm-hmm. The, the, just talking a little, you asked about my experience a little earlier, Ray. Being at this almost 30 years, I've really seen two major kinds of claims from my clients. Okay. All right? And the two are dementia mm-hmm. and stroke. Oh, interesting. Now, dementia... You you get the you know people's health deteriorates over a course of time at least to, to the experience that I've seen, so that you do you know see a deterioration of health and you do have a little planning time. The other one I had was um, a lady had a stroke one day, and she went to the hospital, she went to rehab, and she came home, and she still couldn't do all those activities of daily living. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that you can put within a a policy that may alleviate that type of pressure if you come home early and you still can't do those activities of daily living. But I can't stress enough, each each person is individual, what their concerns are and what they aren't. Each person is different about, you know, their family situation. So you have to really plan for what, what you think are your weaknesses. Phil, I'm wondering, uh, with the health care law that was passed in Washington, are people under the assumption that this health care is going to also cover them in nursing home uh, times? Um, people are confused in general on that law. And That's I, for sure. And, and so, so I, I, I don't want to give it a blanket. People think this, um, but I, I just think that in general we're confused about what goes on in the 
You know, that, that's a very interesting question, uh, Phil uh, Paleologos, because I just saw an article in the newspaper in the last few days. The number one growing field for lawyers today is health care because the new health care law is so confusing and it can occupy about eight or ten inches high, the regulations, that people don't know, how to, don't know how to interpret it, understand it. And so now lawyers are specializing in just interpreting the new health care law. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is how crazy our society has become, unfortunately. Phil, let me bring you back for a second to applying for long-term care insurance. I mean, okay. you have to be physically fit. Right. Are there some things that would exclude you from qualifying for long-term care insurance? Like, well, I mentioned arthritis, for example. There are, are some situations, and, and, and it depends on severity, length of time. Uh, there are some cancers that you couldn't get a policy, but there are some that you may. Mm -hmm. And is it is it true, is it my um, impression of this correct, that in some cases you could qualify for life insurance um, because we know we're all going to die at some point in time, and the insurance company can assess that risk, but you might not qualify for long-term care insurance or vice versa. It's possible. Okay. So some of the things that would perhaps allow you to qualify for a life insurance policy, you may still have some conditions that could prevent you from qualifying for long-term care insurance. So if somebody really needs to sit down and talk with you as a professional, to learn more about long-term care insurance. Again, what's your phone number, Phil, for how somebody could reach you? 781-837-9921, extension 4126, and that's Sentinel Financial Group. Okay. And are you allowed to discuss a particular company on the air? Uh, no. No. Okay. So I won't mention the company that my wife has her long-term care insurance policy that you helped me to write then. Well, you already did, but that's okay. That's right, I did. <laughs> Oh, dear. I forgot. Well, it's a great company in any event. I think it's probably one of the best ones out there. It, 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 is, it is very – John Hancock is a leader in that area. Yes. Um, it's just, you know, there are several companies that we could look at, and mm -hmm. I, so I don't want to favor one over the other. And I will say um, uh, to uh, Phil Paleologos that um, I know when Phil – uh, Druin actually looks for a long-term care company. He does look at a number of different companies and evaluates them. Terrific. So it's not just, yep, I have this one company and right. I write you a policy. Uh, he compares them, mm -hmm. and he has the experience to do that. We're, we're not specialists in long-term care insurance. We'll help somebody obtain it, and we'll refer them to Phil. Over the last um, any number of years, oh, gosh, 10 years at least, anytime we have somebody who has a long-term care detailed question or who actually wants to apply for it, we get permission from the client. We send the information directly to Phil Druin. Uh, he gets the quotations. He meets with the clients. He explains it to them. Are there discounts if both husband and wife do it at the same time? Not only husband and wife, but if you are uh, in a um living arrangement where you've lived with the same person for over five years, you could qualify for a partner discount. Oh. And how about same-sex couples? Same thing? Same-sex. And, and not only in the way you might think. Think of sisters who have lived together for a long time. Hadn't thought about that one. Mm -hmm. Surely. So if, if I chose to move in with Phil Paleologus and mm -hmm. We were there for five years together. Then I could get, we could both get. You do the cooking, by the way. I, no. I, I'm not going to discuss that at no. all. 
<laughs> Celeste would not approve. <laughs> Nor would my wife. <laughs> well, this has been really illuminating. You know, we're really uh, thrilled. It's it's not an easy subject to talk about. Nobody likes to think of their mortality. Nobody likes to think of they might be in a nursing home someday. My daughter said to me once, um, probably not that long ago, that if I ever needed to have long-term care, she would just make sure I had a plastic couch. She would tie me to the plastic couch and throw food at me. <laughs> and then she'd use a hose and wash me off. <laughs> but um, no, no, nobody really wants to be in a nursing home, but it's something that's unavoidable, unfortunately, for many people. What we want to make sure is that people don't lose everything that they've saved, that they've accumulated, that they don't lose their house. And your house is at risk if you don't have the money to pay for long-term care. Uh, we tell people to do planning. And I'm going to give a quick plug for Tenny because uh, my wife and Peter's mother, attorney Tenny Lance, does do a great deal of work in the area of Medicaid planning and nursing home planning. She does a lot of nursing home applications. The job is always easier when there's long-term care insurance involved. Um, what would you think is a normal term of long-term care insurance that someone should have, Phil? Should they have three years or five years or what? The average stay in a nursing home is usually around three years, I've heard. Uh, but again, it depends on the individual situation. Uh, as you know, in Massachusetts, there's a look-back period right. five uh, years. of five years. So I would say that you, you know, fin if you're financially able, that you should look at a minimum of a five-year benefit. Mm -hmm. That being said, it all comes down to affordability. It all comes down to need. And mm -hmm. I so I don't want to give you a, a, a pad answer, Ray, because sure. everybody's got a different situation, and you want to make sure that you fill the need that the, the people are looking for. And I see people periodically, and I know, Pete, you do also, that ask about long-term care insurance specifically because people are concerned. Sure. And they Absolutely. should. The, these costs are absolutely astronomical, and mm -hmm. nobody can afford it today unless you have you know, millions of dollars. Um, I'd like to remind everyone that we've been talking this morning with Mr. Phil Druin from Sentinel Financial Group. Um, Phil, I know you can't use this word, but I'm going to use this word. Phil is an expert in the subject of long-term care insurance. Very knowledgeable. He's been in this field for a long time. I want to thank you for being with us this morning, Phil. My pleasure to be with you, Ray. And uh, we all hope that we don't need to use long-term care insurance, but if we do, we want to know that we can protect our assets. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to meet with uh, Peter and I at any time, please give us a call at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858. Uh, we're on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We're here to look over your financial needs, your retirement needs, our primary goals are to protect your money and to protect your family. And um, hopefully this has been a little bit illuminating for you listening this morning. Our goal is to provide information on financial topics that we think are important to you. Peter, I want you to have a good week. I know you're making some other important financial decisions this week yourself for transportation. And get some rest. Thank you. I wasn't sure if you were done yet, but thank you. And Everybody have a, a good rest of your Sunday and a good week. 
Pete is hardly able to keep his eyes open. <laughs> Making the formula for the baby. Yep. And thank you, uh, Phil. What a uh, pleasure. As always. Oh, uh, thank you. You're a superb host, and uh, we always enjoy being with you. And uh, we look forward to our topics again next week. We're going to be talking about other ways to help people protect their money. And until then, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. And we'll see you next week with the Money Guys on the Money Wise Radio Show on WBSM. <laughs>